0: What is mental health? The February issue of the Lutheran Witness takes up this question of mental health with contributions from the LCMS Task Force on Mental Health, which is tasked with providing resources for Lutheran church workers to better care for their own mental health and those entrusted to their care. To pick up your copy, visit cph.org/slash witness or visit our website, witness.lcms.org, to learn more. The Lutheran Witness helping you interpret the world from a Lutheran perspective.
1: Pastors deal with sin, they deal with contrition, they deal with repentance and absolution and forgiveness. But in the midst of that, well, the lives of our people are difficult in a lot of ways and complicated in a lot of ways. And one of those complications is the all too common, sadly, all too common mental illness. So how does a pastor do his job of repentance and applying God's word and deal with a real mental illness? Welcome back to Issues Etc., I'm Todd Wilkin. Joining us to talk about pastoral care for the mentally ill, Pastor David Fleming, Executive Director of Spiritual Care for Doxology, the Lutheran Center for Spiritual Care and Counsel. He's Associate Pastor of Our Savior Lutheran Church in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and author of a column for The Lutheran Witness titled God's Gifts. David, welcome.
0: Thank you, Todd. Good to be with you again.
1: How would you say mental illness is related to our fallen condition
0: and sin? Well, there wouldn't be mental health challenges if there hadn't been a fall. The fall affected everything about us. Our body and our mind are obviously uh, all these things that are integral to our soul. And as our body is affected and wears out and has illness and trouble, so also our mind can have disorders that happen to it as well.
1: How is pastoral care for those with mental illness the same and then also different than the case of physical illness?
0: Well, in both cases, we're dealing with souls that are plagued with sin, and a false belief, despair, and other great shame and vice in both cases, right? So I've currently got a little pinched nerve going on, and that causes not only the physical pain, but also some spiritual battles for me to know that this isn't a sign that God hates me or something. And so I need encouragement with the Word of God and prayer, and my pastor's been giving that to me. But that would be true also with somebody with mental health challenges. They're also going to be struggling with the normal effects of being a sinful soul in a broken world. But additionally, there's going to be some other aspects of it. If it were a physical ailment, we would urge them to get physical treatment and care. I think Rick Mars puts it quite well that if someone showed up in your study to see you, Pastor Wilken, and complains of chest pain and their arm is hurting and they ask you to pray for them, you certainly would, but you'd say, I think we call 911 here and get you to the hospital because it appears you might be having some heart problem. So as pastors don't set broken bones or fix heart conditions, pastors also need to recognize our limitations when it comes to dealing with various mental health issues and mental illnesses. So we would want that soul to know we're going to stick with them through it, just like we would with somebody with physical troubles we continue to pray with them before surgery and after and through their recuperation and so forth so we'll do the same with those that are having mental health issues
1: why is listening especially important when caring for those with
0: mental illness so we pastors have a quick tendency to to run to talking when listening is of great benefit and and by the way this is something that all of your listeners can do when there's someone with anxiety or depression just listening to a soul that's in trouble or in pain is very helpful they know that someone has come alongside of them they're not alone in their challenges that the lord has sent Another Christian like Luther talks about, the mutual conversation and consolation of the brethren is, well, in Luther's mind, a means of grace, a way of delivering God's Word to souls. So by listening, by hearing what's actually going on in the soul and carefully reflecting, perhaps asking some questions to learn more. Could you tell me more about that? Or if they're asking questions, why do you ask that question? This gives us a chance to, to hear, what's to diagnose what's happening in this soul. Not, not that we could solve the mental illness issues if they're there, but as Physicians of the soul, we wanna hear what idolatries is the soul struggling with? What misbeliefs, what despairs are plaguing this soul? And then apply the correct word of God to that ailment. It's much like when you go to your doctor, a doctor who prescribes the same thing to every patient wouldn't be seen as a very good doctor. A good physician listens, the complaint of the patient what the trouble is and then through careful questioning and listening helps to understand to diagnose what the physical problem is so we use our listening and our watching as we're listening to look at what's going on with the soul what battles are happening here
1: So how does the pastor in particular bring the Word of God to bear in that situation of comfort and counsel with someone with mental illness?
0: Well, this is then after the diagnosis part, after we are careful to understand what's happening with this soul, then we want to apply the scriptures specific to those particular challenges and problems. So we want promises that match the problem. If someone is uh, describing despair and hopelessness, while forgiveness of sins is certainly helpful, I think the main thing we're gonna be looking at there is to offer them the comfort of the God of hope who fills us with all joy and peace and believing in Christ so that we may abound with hope. Uh, We'll want to direct them to uh, passages of scripture where the psalmist rejoices in God as his comfort and help and strength and deliverer. So this is the art of pastoral care, isn't it? And it's learned, it's a learned art, which is why we send our pastors to seminary, why we put them on a vicarage and have them exposed to an experienced pastor, and why we pastors are wise to continue to learn and study more, in the scriptures, to have an arsenal of those verses available to be prescribed at the right time, but also to know how other pastors have dealt with these situations in the past. What role does prayer play here? Yeah, so one of the important things to do as a pastor in caring for a troubled soul. And again, any Christian could do this as well, is to throw these concerns and the heartbreaks and challenges and burdens of this difficult life in a troubled world, to throw these to the God of all grace who loves us, who wants to hear from us and promises to hear from us and answer us according to his mercy. So the Psalms are replete with prayers that for example, lament to God, when terrible things have happened to us that mourn to god when uh, sad events have occurred that confess to god when there's guilt and shame from our sin and so prayer enables us to remember first of all that we're in the presence of almighty god our lord jesus is with us in the midst of this he longs to hear from us and he's actually the one who provides the help to our soul and to any soul that we're listening to we're only here to get them to be to receive the care that the great physician of body and soul sends so prayer directs us that way another beautiful advantage of prayer is that it recontextualizes us it puts us in our place which is a most blessed place we're children of the heavenly father who really completely fully loves us in the sacrifice of Christ, who is chasing after us, who is not going to abandon or forsake us, who indeed is working everything together for our good as we love and trust in Him. And when we're not sure we can love and trust in Him, He promises to give the Holy Spirit to anyone who asks, so we cry out to Him for that help.
1: Can a pastor in some ways facilitate professional treatment for mental illness?
0: Yes. And I've done this many times in my work as a pastor, sometimes more successfully than others, of course. This is sort of learned. But I think pastors actually have a vital role here. Many of our members who are having mental health challenges, will first go to their pastor. And I think this is a good instinct, by the way. We pastors are here to listen to anybody with any trouble of body and soul, for that matter. And as the first responders, if you will, the first ones called into a situation with some knowledge of what's happening here, if we can detect depression or anxiety or you know, possible depression anxiety and troubles sadness inability to carry on in the roles and relationships of life behaviors they're not able to stop that they want to or cognitive problems thinking that's uh, overly critical of the self or others then We can point out the distress of these situations to the soul that's visited us and offer to them the possibility of getting a screening and assessment by a healthcare professional. I think pastors ought to have at their ready for these situations to arise, the name of a good counselor, one that they've vetted, they trust they know will not undermine the Christian faith. They don't necessarily need to be Christian counselors, although that can be very helpful, but they need to be ones who understand our Lutheran theology, they're not gonna undermine what we're doing and are competent in caring for the mental health issues that we're referring to them. But the pastor, in doing this, by the way, we wanna make sure we promise to stay with the soul through any referral we give that we're not just handing them off to someone else so we're rid of them but we care for the soul and we want to continue to be connected with them as they go to a mental health professional
1: I'm Todd Wilkin, your link to Issues Etc. We're discussing pastoral care for the mentally ill with Pastor David Fleming. He's written a column for The Lutheran Witness magazine titled God's Gifts. The Lutheran Witness interprets the world from a Lutheran perspective. Mental health is the theme of the February issue. You can receive a print and digital subscription for less than $20. Learn more at cph.org slash witness or by calling Concordia Publishing House 1-800-325-3040, The Lutheran Witness magazine. We'll discuss the limits of pastoral care with those who suffer from mental illness after this. Abide with me, crown him with many crowns, hark the herald angels sing. Have you ever wondered why our beloved hymns were written? The Issues Etc. Book of the Month for February is Eternal Anthems, The Story Behind Your Favorite Hymns, Volume 2. Learn more at issuesetc.org or by calling Concordia Publishing House 1-800-325-3040. This new resource includes background on 50 hymns, Eternal Anthems, The Story Behind Your Favorite Hymns, Volume 2.
0: Is your child struggling at school? Are you thinking about homeschooling? Would you like help knowing what to teach and how to teach it? The Simply Classical curriculum from Memoria Press provides an enriching, step-by-step, classical Christian education for students who have autism, learning or behavioral difficulties, ADHD, and more. You'll find everything you need, including daily lesson plans to guide your way. Learn more at simplyclassical.com. Use LPR 23 to save on your order. simplyclassical.com Education and Edification You're listening to Issues Etc.
1: The Lutheran Church Missouri Synod cares deeply for those who protect our nation. Are you or a loved one currently serving? Ministry to the Armed Forces would like to help. We provide devotional literature to encourage faith. Send your mailing address to lcmschaps at lcms.org or call us at 314-996-1337. Those in uniform are comforted with Psalm 28. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in Him and He helps me. Welcome back to Issues Etc. I'm Todd Wilkin. We're talking about pastoral care for the mentally ill with Pastor David Fleming. David, what are the limits of pastoral care for those with mental illness?
0: So we can't solve all the problems, which is just like we can't fix broken bones and can't fix heart problems. We need to know our limits. And there is a tendency of for pastors to think that we can solve more than we can. So those times where we particularly need to make sure to refer or when there's safety concerns for the individual, perhaps he's threatening to take his own life or is battling suicidal ideation or is being harmed by someone else or is threatening to harm someone else, signs of depression or anxiety. When you as a pastor have reached the limits of your ability to help and to get any farther with this soul. Some pastors even sort of start out, even in marriage counseling with, I'll give you three sessions or five sessions, but anything beyond that, and we're going to need a professional counselor to help. Also, if you think you're now trying to manipulate that, that's all you're caring for. That's a sign you really need to hand them on. Or if it's starting to affect you, the pastor personally, that's a time to also hand this case on to a professional.
1: What are the challenges that those who suffer with mental illness face in seeking proper treatment?
0: Well, there's several. I think first there's a stigma about mental illness, which I think is really unfortunate. Look, there's not a stigma. Well, there I guess there is a stigma about cancer, sort of. But most people are pretty open about the challenges of cancer or a broken bone or a heart condition or whatever. But there has been a tendency in the past to look at if you have a solid faith, you're not going to have mental health trouble. And that's a lie. Robert Price even talks about this. Martin Luther, it appears, suffered from depression. He certainly writes letters to faithful Christians who suffer from depression and anxiety. Um, So that's the first issue to avoid proper treatment is the stigma. So it's our job to be welcoming and supportive of those souls who are getting treatment and to stay in touch with them. Second, it's hard to find a good counselor, I think. A medical doctor, the soul's medical doctor might be a great source to find a good counselor if if that's a trusted physician. And again, the pastor will want to have the names of people that would be good. And sometimes when treatment is successful, people think they don't need it anymore. So they'll drop a medication that's been helpful or visiting a therapist that's been helpful just because they're feeling so good. This is particularly true with bipolar people that when they're afflicted by this, they when they're in their manic stage, they they think they're okay and they don't need any help. And we can be a good ally to help encourage them to continue on with treatment and help.
1: How can a pastor help remove the stigma of mental illness?
0: I think first of all, including it in the prayers of the church, not people my name probably, unless they ask for it, but we would include when we're praying for the sick, we'd also pray for those who are depressed or anxious or burdened in mind or body. I remember when I was writing some of the prayers for our synod for "Let Us Pray" years ago. I started to include that as a member here was suffering with depression, and I remember Oh Paul McCain at the time reflecting on how helpful this was to so many that that was in the prayer of the church. So that's I think a first thing to do. I think it's it's good to preach about these things that Christians are going to suffer from all sorts of ailments, including mental health challenges. Clearly, we want to keep confidentiality and we don't want to share stories of members who have disclosed these things to us, but we do want to make it clear that these are normal. I think we talk about them in Bible class as well, the cases that is or the the kind of mental health challenges that might be out there. And we show respect and honor to those who have mental illness, that we love them and welcome them and don't avoid them or in any way make them feel ashamed in our midst.
1: In this continued pastoral care, given the limits of what the pastor can do, how can the pastor know if the person who's undergoing professional treatment, whether that treatment is helping or not?
0: Well, I think it's going to take a lot of listening and visiting with the soul. But if it seems like no progress is being made, the anxiety is not diminishing, but increasing, or the depression, the despair is increasing, or not getting better, this is kind of an art. It's, It's hard to exactly put our finger on how you know it's not going well. But you as a good friend could know it when things aren't improving. So I think a pastor as a diagnostician of the soul could see that we're not making progress here. And in that case, I think pastors would want to encourage, well, maybe we consider another option. How about you ask your professional there for a, a referral to someone else for a second opinion? Or, And mental health folks are used to this. They know that sometimes one counselor won't click with one soul, but another counselor will. Yeah, but I think it's this art of watching and seeing that we're either going backwards or not making any progress over a long term.
1: How can a pastor then be on alert for signs of mental illness in his congregation?
0: So watch the souls at church, watch them, you know, notice when they're not around, notice that when they are, if they're avoiding people, if they're, looking, the way they're acting, their behavior has changed. Watch for this. So we pastors, as carers of souls, as physicians of souls, are watching from lots of different angles. We try to, to watch souls very carefully. This does take a lot of work. But as a pastor, I think we get to know people, we know how they normally act and react to things. And as we're preaching, as we're teaching, as we're talking with people, we can pick up on some signs that this person is not doing well. They're not being friendly, they're they've lost their sense of hope for the future. They lack the confidence they used to have, or so forth. Or perhaps it's a, a soul that's lost lots of weight but doesn't ought not to be losing weight or is all of a sudden gaining a lot more weight, or is complaining of sleeplessness, or of sleeping too much. All these kind of outward signs could give us a hint that there's perhaps a mental health challenge going on.
1: Finally, you're an executive director of Doxology. What can you tell us about that organization?
0: Yeah, so Doxology's main job is to help pastors be the best pastors they can be. So there's two executive directors, I'm a pastor, and then Dr. Beverly Yonke is a psychologist. And we look at that intersection for what can we learn from good faithful Christian psychology and from good pastoral care from the ancient art of the care of souls. And we instruct pastors in this care of souls how how to carefully listen to intentionally well, attentively rather, listen to a soul and try to determine what challenges that soul is up against and then provide intentional treatment for it. And this is an art. So we work on training in that art, helping us to rely on brother pastors to help us sort out situations that are kind of beyond our current ability or knowledge or, or just to get another point of view on the challenge before us in caring for the soul and i think pastors have a tendency to be lone rangers in the doxology we try to get them away from that and so overall we're helping pastors to again be the best pastors they can be in providing this care of souls
1: find out more about doxology the lutheran center for spiritual care and counsel at issuesetc.org click talk on demand Archives. Pastor David Fleming is Executive Director of Spiritual Care for Doxology, the Lutheran Center for Spiritual Care and Counsel, Associate Pastor of Our Savior Lutheran Church in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and author of a column for the Lutheran Witness magazine titled God's Gifts. Pastor Fleming, thanks.
0: Thank you, Todd. Blessings to you.
1: We will revisit this subject with Dr. Stephen Saunders talking about mental illness in the Lutheran congregation. He's a professor of psychology at Marquette University. But first, we'll go through listener email. And the Issues, Etc. comment line.
0: Expert guests, expansive topics, extolling Christ. You're listening to Issues, Etc.